Effective communication is at the heart of every successful business organization because it's ingrained in everything you do. From communicating internally between teams to communicating externally with clients and customers, one miscommunication could cost your organization revenue and its reputation, which is why it's important to have a communication policy in place. So in today's episode of HR Party of One, I'm going to cover everything you need to know about communication policies, what they are, why you need one, and more importantly, how to craft one. By the end of this episode, you'll have a better understanding of how you can improve communication lines across your organization. In today's episode, we'll discuss what a communication policy is, why having a communication policy is important for your organization, and steps you can take to create a communication policy. Let's dive in. What is a communication policy? Simply put, a communication policy is a document that outlines an organization's plan for internal and external communication, setting standards and expectations for its employees. It should align with the organization's mission and goals in order to help maintain a positive brand image. A communication policy ought to be an integral part of a larger document, like an employee handbook or culture guide, where an organization's policies, procedures, and expectations live. Here at Bernie Portal, our employees can find clear communication expectations in our culture guide. Let's take a closer look. The communication channels we use when communicating with each other, as well as the order in which we use them, are as follows. Connect. Use this first in case other team members could gain from the knowledge and exchange between you and the other team member. Zoho Connect is our communication app. For your organization, this may be Slack, Microsoft Teams, or another application that allows collaboration across the organization. By using this as our first means of communication, team members can avoid crowded inboxes, answer each other's questions, build relationships, and find the answer to frequently asked questions all in one place. Email. Use this if there is no chance other team members could benefit from being able to see the correspondence. Gmail is our email platform. Whether your organization uses the same platform or something different, the important takeaway here is that we reserve email for messaging that wouldn't benefit other team members, which keeps everyone focused on their priorities and maintains time efficiency. Gchat. Only use this if what you're asking about is something you know the other person would know off the top of his or her head and if it would be especially helpful to you to get an immediate answer. Otherwise, use email. If someone g-chats you and you don't know the answer off the top of your head, it is acceptable and expected to respond by simply saying, please email me. Gchat is our mode of communication reserved for those quick, short messages that don't require long conversations. It's meant to help our employees get the information they're seeking quickly. Phone. Avoid this. Exceptions would be if you're in the car and if it's urgent or if you have received an email and you can sense that it would be mutually beneficial for you and the other party to talk through it. Phone communication at Burning Portal is reserved for urgent situations. In these cases, email communication wouldn't be appropriate because by nature they would be deemed time sensitive. Interrupt in person. This should be the last resort. When you do it, you should literally say, can I interrupt you for a minute? Why? 
because this is what you'll be doing and it should feel a little awkward. It should generally only be done when you've been asked for something by the person you're interrupting that is most quickly resolved with a quick conversation and or requires looking at a computer screen or other document together. Interruption in person at Bernie Portal has specific protocol that allows for a polite and efficient way to gather information in urgent situations. Can I interrupt you for a minute? is generally used when you've been asked for something by the person you're interrupting and you know that the resolution lies in a quick conversation. Otherwise, employees are encouraged to discuss the matter in the next one-on-one -on -one meeting with their manager. For more information on how to create a culture guide for your organization, take a look at two previous episodes on the topic. I'll link to them below. Communication policies ought to address specific topics that are unique to the communication needs of your organization. For example, if one mode of communication in your business is email, then having a policy that addresses how to write emails appropriately would make sense. At Bernie Portal, our culture guide details how emails are to be written throughout the organization. Let's review it. How we write emails. Email is the communication method we use most. Because we use it so much and communication is so important, it deserves discussion here. Let's start with some don'ts. Forwarding, as a rule, don't do it. No exceptions when the recipient is a client. There can be exceptions internally, but only when corresponding with someone with whom you correspond a lot and the forwarded email is exceptionally clear. Copying others on an already existing string. Again, as a rule, don't do it. Again, there is almost never an exception when your recipient is a client. There can be exceptions internally or with partners slash vendors. Anger. Don't write or send emails when you're angry. Not respond. The beautiful double negative. Don't not respond. Okay, with those don'ts out of the way, let's review how we email effectively. Bottom line first, don't put your point or questions at the bitter end of your email. Put it first, then give the explanation or context for it. Numbered bullet points. If you've written a paragraph over three or four lines, rewrite it in a number bullet pointed form. Numbered bullet points are easily digestible. Conciseness. Make sure your email is necessary, defines the problem, issue, question clearly, and doesn't include information irrelevant to the point. As a rule, we give information that anticipates no more than one follow-up question. Expectations. If something bad is going to happen and you don't get a response, say so and say when you need that response. Conclusion. Unless you're concluding the string with something like, thank you, and every email with a question. For example, did I explain that okay? Or can you get back to me by Thursday? Or what do you think? Or how would you adjust slash improve what I've shared above? Ending with a question prompts more and better responses. By teaching employees how to write better emails, you can improve communication both internally and externally, solve problems more efficiently, and grow their careers. Likewise, if there are employees speaking directly with customers and clients over the phone, then it would be prudent to include a policy that guides the way they communicate as well. Now that we know what a communication policy is, and we've seen some examples, let's take a look at some reasons why you want to have one for your business. 
Why is having a communication policy important for your organization? First and foremost, an organization needs to have a communication policy in place so that its members will understand its expectations when communicating both internally and externally. The idea is to create expectations that reflect the mission and goals of the organization. These expectations will positively impact your employee morale as well as encourage camaraderie and collaboration that will in turn increase productivity. Brand consistency is another reason to have an effective communication policy in place. It clearly defines what appropriate communication should look like and would be especially helpful for those employees who regularly work in customer service and support. In fact, including sample scripts within your policy would help to ensure consistent messaging. It also sets communication guidelines for your office. If you're in an open office environment, for example, like we are at Burning Portal, outlining how to best communicate sets a standard, cuts down on distractions, and allows employees to get their work done without interruptions. Compliance may not be something that comes to mind when considering a communication policy, but it should be. Sensitive data like medical records, financial data, and even personal data such as social security numbers are considered confidential and must be handled appropriately with regard to communication. Even a minor miscommunication of sensitive information can be costly to remedy, so it's important to understand which types of information fall under the guise of compliance. Depending on your industry, it may make sense to go through a security audit. For example, Bernie Portal goes through a SOC 2 audit every year. Now, one final reason your organization needs to have a communication policy in place, emergencies. No one anticipates them, but when they occur, your business needs to continue operating smoothly. But in order to accomplish this, there needs to be an effective communication protocol that's easily accessible and clearly written. Having a crisis communication plan will give you and your workforce peace of mind, and it may be the difference between organizational success and failure. Here at Bernie Portal, we have team members sign off on an incident response and business continuity plan and store the information for easy access within Bernie Portal, our HRIS. Now that you understand the importance of having a communication policy, let's take a look at some steps you can take to draft one specific to your organization. How do you create a communication policy for your organization? Now it's time for the fun part, drafting a policy that fits your business. Before you actually create the document, there are some things to take into consideration. What modes of communication does your organization use? Generate a list that includes all the ways in which your organization communicates. You can categorize these modes of communication into two groups, internal and external communication. Many of the categories may overlap, but the way in which they're used and the messaging involved will differ. Some examples of internal communication are phone, text, email, private social media groups, video conferencing, and messaging programs like Slack or Microsoft Teams. External communication can include phone, text, email, social media, video conferencing, newsletters, direct mailings, press releases, websites, and blogs. Of course, this isn't a comprehensive list, but just some ideas to get you started. Get a group of people together in your workplace and brainstorm your ideas. 
What types of sensitive information does your organization handle? Once you've generated your list, the next step is to determine whether or not there are laws governing the types of information your business handles. If so, then you'll need to conduct some further research to understand what will be required of your organization in order to remain compliant. Some examples of sensitive information are medical and financial data, investor information, customer data, non-public information, patents, formulas, and new technologies. Again, your industry may deal with other types of sensitive information that you'll want to include on your list. How do you want employees to communicate? Now that your organization's mode of communication and compliance issues have been determined, it's time to start crafting the policy. I've included sample templates in the description from our own culture guide you can use to get started. While drafting your policy, be mindful of a few things. First, remember those modes of communication lists you generated earlier? Use them to guide the writing process and include policy for each item on the list. Next, keep in mind your audience and ensure that the language in the document is clear and concise. Use visuals like screenshots and templates when possible to further illustrate the ideas in the plan. And once the document is completed, be sure to share it and get feedback that will allow you to improve it. Lastly, you'll need to implement your new policy. Here at Bernie Portal, we believe that you cannot just set it and forget it. Your policy needs to be communicated, updated, and referenced regularly. Here are five next steps. Get buy-in from leadership. Communicate to employees. Use for onboarding, coaching, and training. Reference on a regular basis and review and update annually. All of these actionable next steps are important, but I cannot emphasize enough the importance of reviewing and updating. As always, remember that your role is as strategic as you make it.